0: Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. You know, I, I just, um, I just love what God is doing here at Mercy Hill, and um, you, know, you know, welcoming international students, not thinking about refugees. I just, I just think these things show the heart of Jesus Christ so, so much. It's. You know, so much more than political things going on or this or that. But, you know, the question is, how do we sh- share the heart of Jesus Christ with other people? So I, I'm really excited. So thank you, church. Well done. Um, I'm excited for what God's going to do in the future um, through our through our community. So, um, so you know, I, I need to mention real quick, um, maybe you guys heard or saw in the uh, bulletin that there was supposed to m- maybe a potluck next week. Um, that is not happening, just just so you know. If you come, you'll be the only one eating by yourself, or maybe I'll join you. But uh, yeah, so that, that was actually my fault. I, I miscommunicated some things, so um, just want to mention that. Um, so, good. So, I, you know, I want us to take a deeper look today at how Jesus actually intended to have his kingdom spread across the face of the earth. Um, And um, we're going to do that through looking at a small passage in Matthew 4. So if you have a Bible, you can go there. Um, But I'd like to pray uh, and and invite the Lord's blessing on this time. So, all right. Father, thank you um, for your work in our lives. Thank you for how you've moved among us this morning. Thank you that you have stirred up many contributions and many words for us to encourage the body. And we pray that you continue to encourage the body and encourage our church um, through your word as we look at this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So I, I, uh, I worked for a while with college students, and I, I really love some dialogue in um, teaching time. So I'm going to do that twice today. Just a heads up, if that's new, new for you, I think you'll be okay, and you'll get it. Um, but a few times, I'm going to have us turn to somebody near us and discuss something, okay, J- just to get us kind of thinking about stuff. And I like, I like having um, some dialogue. So I'm actually going to start off with a question right away, um, we can put this first one on the, on the screen. Um, and I just, I just want to say, uh, ask, ask someone next to you, uh, who are some of the people who have helped you know and follow Jesus? You know, if, you're, if you're not a Christian yet, maybe someone that you know, has talked about Jesus a little bit. And if you've been a Christian for a while, um, who are some of the people that have helped you do that? So just turn to like one or two other people, make sure no one's left out. But just briefly, briefly share a little bit about who are some of the people who have helped you, and what, what did you learn from them? Go ahead, discuss. I know that's weird. You can do it. Okay, I'm going to bring us back together here. You know, I'm, I'm actually going to have a few of us just, just shout something out here. Um, so th- this is quick, uh, but I'd love to hear just who's somebody who's helped you follow Jesus, and what did you learn from them? Anybody? Good. My brother Steve Okay. Okay, awesome. Uh, okay. You have trouble. So, someone came alongside when you're having trouble and, and showed Jesus to you. Excellent. What did you learn from them? I learned that uh, you can trust in God. And, uh, yeah, good. That God gives us uh, um, doesn't give us fear, he gives us uh, courage good. and a sound mind. Good, yeah. So, we learned. God doesn't give you uh, fear, but courage and a sound mind. Good. Who else? One or two more else. Others. Maybe someone on this side. All right, go ahead. Over on this side. Good, good. Yeah, thank you, Jacob. So it's Greg, and Greg, Greg showed him just who God is and how great he is and how, how to have a family um, and how, how Christian family operates and runs, and he learned so much from him, And now he's trying to give it to others as well. Awesome. Thanks, Jake. And anybody else? I want someone on this side. Who's someone that helped you follow Jesus, and what did you learn from them? Go ahead. Yeah, and who is that again? As a friend or? Friend Pam. All right, so friend Pam just showed her, showed her how you can rely on God's grace and mercy. That's, that's fantastic. Um, thank you, yeah. And so we, we thank God for all these people, right, who have invested in us and who have pointed us to Jesus and have walked life with us. And so um, we, we, we praise Jesus for those people. Um, I want to take a close look at how Jesus did ministry. And what I want us to see is that Jesus is still in the business of making disciples today. Jesus is still in the business of um, doing what he used to do even today. And so we're going to look at Matthew uh, 4. And a little background here is that um, this is right after Jesus' time in the wilderness. Uh, he already spent time, uh, with, spent time with Satan. That's not something you want to do. <laughs> but he was spent time in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. Um, and uh, uh, he... he, he uh, was baptized by the Holy Spirit by, by John the Bap- Baptist. And he's already moved to Capernaum, and he's starting to, he's starting to build relationships and teach uh, in the synagogues. And so this is right at the beginning. And so we're going to look at, you can put the verse on the screen, um, Matthew 4. It says, uh, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said. And I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in the boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So I want to talk about this story just a little bit. Um, We're going to spend most of our morning here. Uh, this this isn't the first time Jesus has met these guys. You know, maybe contrary to our Sunday school lessons, um, but Jesus has actually been in this town for a little while. He's been teaching. These guys have known Jesus a little bit. They they would have heard about him, maybe heard his teachings. But in this in this scripture, we see Jesus formally asking these four guys to be his disciples. It's kind of a formal invitation, and so. In Jesus' day, they didn't have colleges and seminaries and things like that. What they would do is there would would be a teacher, and he was called a rabbi. And that teacher would gather around him several men that he was going to teach his teachings and his practices to. And his his expectation was was those guys, those disciples, would then also teach others the teachings and the practices. And so if a rabbi came up to somebody that he thought had potential, he would say, hey, come follow me. And that would be like a formal entrance exam or like enrollment thing. Like that was how that teacher invited a student, a learner, an apprentice to come be with this rabbi. And so Jesus is doing a very common thing in that day. He's, he's calling people to be his students, to be his disciples. And so when we see the word disciple in the scriptures, we can, we can think of a, a learner, a student, an active student, or better yet, an apprentice, someone who's learning the teachings and the practices of their master. And so you see here um, in Matthew 4, Jesus is like, hey, I want you guys to come be my disciples. But there's, there's a cost, right? There's a cost. Did you notice the cost? Um, Peter and John left their nets. And then their nets is like their livelihood. It's their, their business. It's their family business. These were like the guys next in line to take the dad's business Right? And so Jesus called them to come with him, and they had to leave their livelihood and leave what they expected for their life, ex- leave what their mind had made up for their life. Um, and then J- James and John, they didn't just leave the business, but they left their dad in the boat. They're like, see you, Dad. <laughs> and they're like, I'm out of here. Um, and that's actually a really big deal, right? Because in those days, the fathers and sons worked closely together. I remember um, talking to a college student uh, who was really wrestling through whether she was going to carry on in her dad's business or not. And I, I, I didn't know, I mean, I, I'd never been inside the mind of a small business before. Some of you guys actually have. You, you know what I'm talking about here. Um, but there was, there was an extreme amount of pressure for her to continue on in the business the family had. But she wanted to be a psychologist and do, do counseling and things like that. And so she was in turmoil, kind of wrestling through this. So that, that kind of thing happens even today. And that's what happened with, with uh, these first disciples. They, they had this cost. They, they had to decide, will I follow this Jesus or not? But these four small business guys, right, these four small business guys, uh, they worked hard as fishermen every day. Um, they saw something in Jesus that drew them to Jesus, even in spite of the cost, even in spite of the cost. Um, And, you know, as we look at what Jesus did in in the Gospels, over and over again, we see Jesus doing the same thing. He calls people to be his disciples, to be his apprentices. I want to spend a few minutes just kind of unpacking this idea of apprenticeship because I think in some ways we think of the word disciple, we have this idea of someone who sits in a classroom and listens, right? Um, But I think this idea of apprenticeship, as Jesus was was living it out, actually was a little bit more than that. Um, If you look at what Jesus did, he only spent maybe 20% of his time actually teaching new things. The rest of his time was actually living life with his disciples, um, showing them how to live this new life in the now available kingdom of God, Um, showing them how to live out life with the Father. And as I got thinking about it this week, I think the way Jesus did this apprenticing thing was very similar to a union apprenticeship. All right. So uh, like a union apprenticeship. So I called up um I called up Zach. Zach usually sits over there. He's not here today. Um and Zach, Jack Jones, he just started um he's like a first year in a union apprenticeship. He's in um Local 9 Electrical Brotherhood. And so I was talking to Zach a bit about what his experience is going to be like in this union. And I think it's going to help us get our minds around what Jesus does. As I got talking to him, he said he, he's already in, kind of in the apprenticeship, but he hasn't started classes yet. He's just hanging, hanging out at the work sites, learning from guys. The experienced guys are called journeymen, right? So these are the guys that have been through the apprenticeship. Um, he's, just, he's, he's learning by just being with them and doing the things that they're doing. Um, he, he said eventually he's going to have two nights a week of classwork. But the reality is, is that that classwork will supplement what he's learning on the job, not the other way around. So it's a whole different way of doing things, right? Um, most of his trade will be learned by working with the experienced journeyman, and that's how he's going to learn his trade. I also talked to a friend of mine uh, named Jeff, and he's on his fourth year in an electrical union as well. And he, he did college. I knew him back when he was in, in school. And he told me, you know, Luke, when, when I was in college, I never thought, oh, one day I'm going to be like that college professor. That, that's what I want to do. You know, I'm going to model myself after that college professor. He's like, I never thought that. But Jeff said, when, when I was an apprentice in this union, he's like, shoot, one day I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be that journeyman. I'm going to have to know this stuff, right? I'm going to have to be able to teach others. He's like, it's a whole different thing. I want to, I want to suggest that what Jesus was doing, what he was up to, was a lot like that apprenticeship. He, he gathered some guys around himself Um, He made apprentices so they would carry on his teachings and his practices. And and while Jesus was alive, he taught us how to live in the now available kingdom of God with the God of the universe as our loving, just Father. So so discipling or apprenticing, as Jesus shows us, is this life-on-life process where one person who knows a little bit more about the Christian life comes alongside somebody else and walks with them and teaches them Jesus' teachings and his practice. This is this is this is dear to me um, because uh, I had there was a guy when I was in high school who who, who lived this out a bit. It, it, it was it was a lot like what Jesus was doing. I mean, not completely. We can't exactly do exactly what Jesus did, right? <laughs> um, but he did this kind of thing with a group of guys. So I grew up in a Christian family. Um, I grew up with stories of my parents telling about their radical conversion to Jesus Christ. Like they you know, talked about how it was, it was kind of one of those like wow turning moments where they made a radical lifestyle change to follow Jesus. Um, and so I grew up with those stories. I grew up in a good church hearing about missions and good, good scripture. Um, I mean, somewhere around junior high, I started getting a little scattered though. So I knew, th- I knew the gospel, but I was starting to become a different person with different friends. So with school friends, I was one Luke. With youth group friends, I was, I was a different Luke. With uh, sports team friends, I was a different Luke. And so I was, I was all these, these different people. And when I was about 16 years old, a guy um, named Jay Lindstrom, he took four, I think three or four of us guys aside, um, about the same age, and he just started like walking with us. He started um, coming to basketball games, I, I didn't play basketball. I'm actually bad with sports, um, but he would come to our school events and to basketball, and um, we hung out at his house. and He lived behind Shoop's in Munster, um, and uh, and he, he, he took us through this little this little book about like just what it meant to follow Jesus. It was just really I can I can picture it, it was red. Um, I think it was a Navigator's book. I mean, it was just really simple, right? But through his relationship with us, through him inviting us into his life, into his house, into his just what he did. And also challenging us to follow Jesus, God really spoke to me and helped me to see what it meant to follow Jesus. And, and I would say somewhere in that time is when I really said, yeah, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ with my, with my whole life. And so that, that was really, really important to me. And I, I think that's, that is pretty similar to what Jesus was saying to do. He was, he was like, hey, I'm going to draw these people to me. I'm going to apprentice them in my teachings, in my practice, and then I'm going to send them out to do the same. Um, but, but there's a cost to that, right? It's so like this guy, Jay, like he, had, he had to spend some time with people, right? He had to actually have some hard conversations. He had to give of himself in order to do that. Um, there's a cost. Just like Peter, James, and John had to leave their life that they knew, and they had to chart a whole new course with Jesus. Um, so that's what Jesus calls us to do as well. I was reading this week about a church in Singapore, And Singapore is a small island city-state in Southeast Asia. And um, I was reading about a a church that had grown from like 20 people, and it had grown to several thousands. Um, But the unique thing about this church is that they had focused on making disciples, making apprentices of Jesus, not just becoming a large church. And so even, I don't know how they did it, but even as as that large, they were still able to focus on relational, life-on-life disciple-making. And some group of, of students came to, to visit that church to just learn, how did you guys do this? And one of the students asked the pastor, his name was Dr. Chan. He said, Dr. Chan, what's the one thing that you have to do to make disciples? How would you say it in just one word? You know, one word, how, how can you describe that in one word? Well, Dr. Chan paused for a moment, and he said, die, die. The one thing you need to do to make disciples Is to die. And just like Andrew and Peter, James and John died to their life dreams, what they expected to happen, their their family expectations, um, Jesus calls us to die as well to make new apprentices of Jesus. We die to our dreams, we die to our own use of our time, we die to our plans, to make life as successful and safe as possible. Um, Here's the deal: I think that we can forget that Jesus didn't just die for us in his death, but he also died for us in his life. Jesus also died for us in his life. Jesus lived a life in the now available kingdom of God. He laid down his life for others. He spent time with them. He hung out with the marginalized and the lepers. He was in constant danger of being killed and rejected by his family. Yes, Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins, but he also died in living so that we can see what a dead life looks like, a life dead, To this world, dead to our natural selves, but alive to God. And that makes a lot of sense, right? So it makes a lot of sense because a lot of us don't necessarily learn by reading a book or listening to someone talk, even me talking right now, right? Like most of us don't learn that way, right? Most of us learn um, through the model of somebody else, right? So what's happened over and over in history, especially when there's been an explosion of the gospel, it's usually because a handful of people have said, yeah, we're going to die. We're going to die to ourselves, and we're going to actually disciple, apprentice others in a life-on-life way. And that the change happens through the power of the Holy Spirit working through living, breathing, actual, not perfect examples. And that's, that's what Jesus was up to. So Jesus was, was calling us, hey, let's make this ministry of calling people to follow Jesus our main Thing and what would it look like to have our single focus on that? You know, what would it look like to have our focus on making disciples of of other people? You know, whether whether somebody is not yet a Christian and we just help them take a few steps toward Jesus, or someone's an older Christian and help them take a few steps. Um, It doesn't matter where we are in our spiritual life. If you've been a Christian for one week, you can help somebody who's been a Christian for one day, (laughs) right? Um, It doesn't matter. All all Jesus calls us to do is to be an encouragement, to come alongside people, to spend our lives for others and encourage them to follow Jesus. Not just going to church, although church is good and important, not just attending church events, um, although we need that too, but intentionally building relationships. Um... Maybe seven or eight years ago, uh, I was starting to cycle, bi- bicycle, not, not motorcycle. That'd be really cool. <laughs> I'm not that cool. Um, some of you guys are really cool. You guys, Joe, Joe, you've got a motorcycle. You're really cool. Um, I'm not cool. I, I, I cycle. <laughs> and uh, I, was, I was getting into it just for exercise, and I, I just had a regular hybrid bike, right? I'm just, you know, just the one you kind of sit up. And it, it's a good bike. It's got bigger wheels, but not like huge wheels. Um, and I was, I was riding a lot, and you know usually when I'm on the trails, I would just pay, pay attention to who's around me. You know, if there's somebody that seems like they'd be interesting to talk to, I'd talk to them. And, you know, just every once in a while, that's, that's actually worked out. Um, awkward, right? <laughs> there's this guy talking to me. Um, but one time I got talking to Mark, and some of you guys met my friend Mark. He, he helped me move the four times that we've moved in the past three years. Um, but, um, some of you guys met Mark. Uh, Mark's a real cyclist, right? So when I met Mark, he had, like, the biking gear on, like the awkward, tight biking gear on. And he had, like, the cool bike that, you know, it's like you could pick it up with your pinky, you know, that kind of thing. And we got talking, because I think I asked him where this trail went, and, um, and we, we just struck up a friendship. Uh, he, he rode with me that day. You know, I'm pedaling as fast as I can to keep up with this guy. And uh, at the end of the day, we exchanged numbers. And we ended up riding quite a bit over the next year. And uh, it was a great—we had conversations about just life, about God, just everything. He, he grew up in church, but you know, he would say he's not a Christian right now. And if he was here, he'd say that. So it's fine. Um, and uh, uh, but what Mark, what, what Mark did for me was that um, he, he pushed me to do more th- things that I'd never done before. Right? So he would—he would not go to his highest potential, so he could stay back with me. But he, he didn't stay where my potential was either. He kind of, or, where I was. He was pushing me beyond my potential. And I come back from those rides just exhausted, just so tired. So he, he, he would, like, back up a little bit so he could ride with me, but he also pushed me beyond what I was doing. He also started, like, getting me into the sport. So he'd be like, hey, man, I'm getting these new uh, uh, shoe clips. So you want my old ones? And I was like, all right, cool. So all of a sudden I've got clips, and I'm going a little faster. And he's like, hey, man, I've got a friend who's got a bike. Uh, you you He's like, you need a new bike. You know, Why don't you buy this bike? And I was like, all right. So I saved up some money, and I bought the bike. And so over time, Mark like almost discipled me into cycling. And, and over time, he did that just by, by lowering what he was doing to let me come along with him, by giving me tips and just tricks. And you know, he, Mark discipled me in biking. Um, but what, what Jesus calls us to do, um, just like he did with the apprentices, is to do that kind of thing, but with Jesus, right? To disciple others in Jesus, in his teachings, who he is, his practices that he left us in the Sermon on the Mount and in the Scriptures, right? Um, so so that, that's what we're called to do. Just as Peter and John and James and Andrew were called to be his disciples, and then he was going to send them out to fish for people, so we're called to make disciples and fish for people. So I, I want to pause just for a minute, um, Doing okay. Um, just for a second, and I, I, just just sit for a minute in that in that call. Um, Jesus says, "Come with me, be my disciple, and I'm going to make you a discipler as well." What comes to your mind as as you think about this call to you yourself, discipling other people, of, of you yourself actually teaching others what you know about Jesus' teachings? Like, how, how does that, how, What are you thinking about? Um, what what hurdles come to your mind? with that question. We, we can put this question. So there it is. Why don't you turn to those same people that you talked to. Just take a few minutes and then uh, we'll, we'll come back and I'd like to hear what a few people think of that. Okay? Go. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll bring us back. Um, I always hate stopping good conversation. Um, parents especially, these are good questions you can bring back around your table today. Uh, just as a sidelight, parents, I, I think our kids are the first disciples that we make, right? Um, we, we, just, like, we, we can look at Jesus and how he made disciples and apply that to how we parent, because our kids are with us all the time, and we're already dying, right? So we might as well make disciples of Jesus along the way, right? So, um, but what, what, um, I want to hear from just a few people. What, what hurdles come up to you uh, when you think about uh, you yourself intentionally teaching somebody else to... to to know Jesus' teach, teachings in practice, yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm not knowledgeable enough. Okay, yeah, you're not knowledgeable enough. Yeah, I think I think that's that, that's probably very common, right? It's like, do I have enough, right? Because I, the people that I see that are the pastors and leaders, they, they just seem to know so much. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's a real common. Anybody else? Yeah. What's that? Just the approval of others. Okay, yeah, the approval of others. Yeah, and we don't know exactly how, how do we, like, how do we find out when people are interested or not? Like, I mean, so you could throw it out there and they'd be like, yeah, stop, you know. Yeah, that's awkward. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Jake? Okay. Okay, That's fair enough. Like, so misconceptions people have about church, about Jesus, so it's hard to kind of break that down because they assume that, they assume what they're thinking in your mind is what you are. Yeah, that's good. Go ahead. So, yeah, so maybe you don't feel like you have enough something to really, authority or the perfect life to really help others. Yeah, that's for sure. Good. Yeah, the amount of time that it takes. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, bud. Sure. Yeah, it is hard. That's... Yeah, that, that's fair, right? I mean, not, not everybody is even interested in hearing in learning Jesus' teachings, right? I, I think all these things can be real hurdles for us, right? And, and they're legitimate. We, and I wish we had more time, but um, I just want to say that Jesus is with us. He, he is with us. I, I can't tell you how How excited Jesus is to see his discipleship movement, his apprenticing happen around the world. It's how he's always wanted this to happen. So his power is available to us for us to step out in faith and to offer ourselves respectfully and honestly as we are um, to others, both even in our own church, but then also to others. I want to, just in conclusion, I want want to draw out two uh, important observations for us as we're thinking about this idea of being apprentices of Jesus. Um, And the first one is a a bit of a challenge. Um, Unfortunately, I feel like we're at a place in American church culture right now in the 21st century. and It's it's probably been like this for a long time. Um, But it's, it's possible to be a Christian and not an apprentice. Right? I mean, what we're not going to talk about is that theologically, you know, like the nuances there, but it's possible to actually say, yes, I'm a Christian, but have no intention to actually live life in the now available kingdom of God. Um, Does that make sense? I mean, so I feel like it's possible because our culture is so intertwined with church still, even though it's it's crumbling quite a bit, um, but still there's still kind of a place for church and church going, that it's possible to go to church, identify as a Christian in a way, but if never... Had any intention in learning Jesus' teachings and practices in our own lives, just on a practical way. Um, so no intention to listen to the still speaking Jesus, no intention to actually reach out to others, no, no intention to just learn to live every day like He did. So it's a little bit like if Zach um, if Zach uh, heard about being in the union as an apprentice, and everyone was telling him the right people to talk to because. Honestly, you have to know the right people to get into that, right? Um, it's a little bit if Zach said, all right, cool, I'm going to talk about being an apprentice. I might even go to a few classes. But he never actually gets on the field, never learns from somebody, never actually learns to do what his trade is. Um, I, I don't think that that's uh, totally impossible for us in, in Christian culture as it is Tao. It's possible for us to identify as Christian, but to never actually have an intention to actually be like Jesus. Um, and friends, I just want to say that that's not what Jesus had in mind. Like, that's, that's not what Jesus had in mind. He says to each of us, like he did Peter and James and John and Andrew, he says, come, follow me, which means be my apprentice. Learn to live life in this now available kingdom of God um, now, and then you'll be with me forever. So perhaps as we're talking right now, you might be, re- you might be realizing, oh, yeah, I've, I've actually never really intended to be an apprentice of Jesus. I've never really intended to live my life with him, um, to hear his voice, to know who he is. Um, so, but the, the good news is that while it's pretty hard to get into being a union apprenticeship, the, the arms are open to be an apprentice of Jesus. He, he is wide open. He, he, he wants anybody and everybody to come to him and respond to his call of, come, follow me. And we believe that Jesus is the true Messiah. Um, he's God's anointed one who made God's kingdom and, and family available to everybody on the earth. And he did that through his life and his death, his resurrection and his ascension. But he's not only our savior, but he's, he's our good teacher. Um, and Jesus is not just a theological concept, right? Jesus Christ is not an idea, a religious idea. Jesus Christ is actually a real person, right? If he, if he wanted to, he could appear right here, right now, if he wanted to. He doesn't, and I think there's good reasons for it, right? But, he, but that, 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 that's hard for us to get, right? He's actually a person. We, we believe and declare that Jesus Christ is the Messiah who died on the cross for our sins. He rose again on the third day, and he is alive now at the right hand of the Father, and he is still making apprentices, and that is how he mainly desires his kingdom to spread across the earth. It is hard. There is a cost. We have to say no to our normal ways of thinking about things. We have to might say um, no to big things like even our family business or whatever. Um, not all your family businesses are bad. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong here. <laughs> but, but, but there are some things that Jesus might call us to do. But you will receive this teacher within you through the Holy Spirit. And he will be with you. And you'll receive life now and forever. You can start today. You can follow Jesus and become his apprentice through an intention of your heart and through actions of following through with that um, today. Um, If you're interested in fleshing that out some more, I'd love to talk more about that. And secondly, we need more disciple-makers. The church in America, um, we all know the stats. We probably hear them on the radio. Um, More and more, the American culture is becoming a post-Christian society. And maybe that's not all bad, because a lot of it is just losing some of the nominal Christian things, right? Um, but the reality is, is that we need many more people to become apprentice makers of others. Millions, we need millions of people who are willing to die to themselves and say, I'm going to live for the sake of others. I'm going to live for the sake of apprenticing others to Jesus. And I think this is especially true of the younger generation, under 30. And maybe you guys who are under 30, you can, you can confirm this for me later. Um, but I, I can say without a doubt that the younger generation doesn't really doesn't really get long distance disciple making and teaching. It, it just doesn't really connect very well with them. Um, for the most part, we can't expect people to come to church, hear a speaker, a, a sermon, a pastor, and then to follow Jesus with their lives. It's just it's just not. There's a disconnect. It has to be has to be relational. It has to be life on life. Um, the younger generations are looking for people who are willing to die to themselves to teach them what it means to follow Jesus' teachings and practice. And you don't need to know a lot. You don't have to have it all together. You don't need to be cool. You don't, have to, you don't have to listen to the right music. You just need to know how to die. Die to yourself. Die to your ways of doing things, your use of time, your expectations. And God will use you to make apprentices of Jesus Christ. So today, church, um, Jesus is still making disciples. He's alive and well. He's our risen Savior. He's an actual person And he's calling each one of us, hey, come be my apprentice. Learn my teachings, my practices, and you can go on and teach others. Come follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. It's the main way Jesus intends to spread his kingdom across our area in the world. Amen.